We are on the cusp of a major social change. Do you feel it? Even if you don't, make no mistake, change is coming, and it is going to be unforgettable. I'm your host, Dr. Sarah Hart, and here on Prime Spark, where we work with and on behalf of women over 55, I want to help you find that spark that will ignite your way forward, reflect your gifts to the world, and illuminate your path through this next stage of life. Through these podcast conversations, I hope to inspire you to see how you can make a significant contribution to some of the gnarly problems that are facing us right now. Join me, and together, let's discover our Prime Spark. Hi, and welcome to Prime Spark. I'm Sarah Hart, and I'm so happy you're here with us. Prime Spark is designed for women over 55 or close, with a goal to help us all live our happiest, most fulfilling, and productive lives now and in the future. The mission of Prime Spark is to change the way our society sees and treats older women. That's a big mission, which only means we all need to be involved and we need to get going now. And today I have the pleasure of talking with Ingrid Sanger, a woman whose work I admire. Ingrid Sanger, a health and fitness coach, a personal trainer, and the founder of Choose Well Coaching, whose goal is to help others become the healthiest version of themselves. Passionate, dedicated, and affable, Ingrid prides herself on working with people who are ready to gain unprecedented strength, flexibility, functionality, and confidence that surpasses their wildest expectations, no matter their age. She has developed a powerful and proven system, the Ingrid Way, that has helped people live a better life by incorporating sustainable habits and behaviors into their daily life. Welcome, Ingrid. I'm so happy you're here with us today. Hi, Sarah. I am too. Thank you for having me on your show. I am delighted to be here. Oh, you are very welcome. So just in getting started, Ingrid, do you experience getting older? And if you do, what is that experience? And if you don't, why is it that you think that you don't? Well, I'd have to say, of course, I experience getting older. And I would imagine most of us do. Um, I, the first thing that would come to mind is that getting older has made, I think, women at 55 plus invisible for the most part. I think we are just now starting to talk about this age group, our age group, and it's been a silent community up until now. Um, Having worked in the gym and being in my 60s, I notice as older women or wiser women or senior women, however, I hate the word senior, but 55 plus walk into the gym, they're transparent. Nobody sees them. Nobody asks to help them. Um, And that makes me really angry because I think we have so much to offer. And if people would just stop for a moment, we could enlighten this world. We could create a movement that would make it a better place. I think that women at at this age have dealt with families and have raised their children. And 
so many say to me as they come to train, "My, it's I'm, I'm old, I'm sitting on the sidelines, there's nothing left for me. And my answer is, hell no, it's actually just beginning. And we just have to do it in a different way. We can't train like we did when we were 30. We eat differently. Our, our energy levels are different. Uh, hormonally, we're different. And that has to be embraced. And I think that's really important. And we're, we're missing some some of the groups which, that I'm talking to are missing that beat. So I get onto my little soapbox because I want to scream it out into the world. Um, sometimes it comes over really well, Sarah, and sometimes not so well. Hi, <laughs> Ingrid. I am on that soapbox with you, so you don't need to apologize for one second. So, um, so some of those changes that you've talked about, I mean, it's the, the physical changes, the hormonal changes, the energy changes. How have you dealt with those over the years? Uh, well, first of all, I have to say that I, I'm, I'm, as you can tell, I'm, I'm not American. I come from South Africa and I came to the States and found the American diet. My body changed completely. And in researching that, I think that what our food, what's in our food is the beginning of problems. Um, as I've aged, I have found that what worked at 30, unfortunately, no longer works at 50. Um, and I've had to change how I work out, the length of time that I work out. Um, we we have, our bodies no longer want to do those hour in the gym or that hour running. Our bodies want shorter periods of time um, to be active. I think we have to now move through the day, which is is an added thing. When we're young, we just do that time in the gym. Maybe you do it every day. And you're done. And I think today movement is incredibly important. It keeps the blood flow, it keeps the joint lubricated. It, it keeps us um, vital and alive. Um, when we overtrain, when we overeat, I think we come to a grinding halt and it's almost like an exercise intolerance or a nutritional intolerance and the body fights back. Um, and a lot of the time in the fight back is illness. Um, I wish people would start taking care of themselves at a younger age. I find that we unfortunately only do change when we've had a catastrophe. So a heart attack, a stroke, uh, a something. And suddenly then we realize, oh my, we better get to it. And I don't believe we can make up time, but we can certainly pick up where we are and make the balance, the best years of our lives. Uh, yeah. What um, I'm really interested in what you said about our diet. What have you, I mean, you're a nutritionist. So what have you learned about our food and how did mm. you change eating? <laughs> well, <laughs> <laughs> oh, this um, is another button. <laughs> so um, I, I, for me, the the food in here, if we don't teach people how to read a label and look at ingredients, we are damaging our bodies. We, I think the body is resilient and can heal from most things if we fuel it in the correct way. We reproduce cells, so we are what we eat. That's truly a true statement. So if we don't look at the, at the ingredients, um, I believe we're, we're eating plastic. 
we're eating petroleum items. Um, I think that the food companies and the pharmaceutical companies are in each other's pockets. We, 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 do, we don't even care what's on the grocery shelves, nor are we educated enough. So I did a live the other day on oils. We grab, we go down an aisle, we grab an olive oil, we grab an avocado oil. Has anybody ever really looked at what's inside it or the process that oil goes through? We put it in our bodies and our bodies don't know how to deal with it. So it circles around, we gain weight, we gain all sorts of metabolic diseases that I believe are so preventable. We need to eat food the way God made it. So if you're interested, I'm so often asked, Do you eat a, can I eat a tortilla? Well, does it grow on a tree that way? Um, so that would be the first answer. The other thing is if we take a look at a tomato, that goes rotten in a week. However, the ketchup on the shelf has been there how long? And it sat in a truck traveling to that grocery for how long? And it's been in the sun how long? So we're taking something off the shelf that's been there a year. I believe that we have to eat naturally. I think our bodies digest differently. Not to, Everybody tells me digestion is a boring subject, but I think that the heartbeat of our body is our gut health. And generally, nobody really supports their gut health until disease happens. And I think we should do it maybe once or twice a year. Where, and I'm not, a, I believe God gave me my teeth and saliva for a reason, and I need to eat my food. Um, and these cleansers that are days of liquid, I don't think is sustainable nor fuel for our bodies. So I really believe in whole foods, but we need to remove inflammatory foods because we are inflamed internally and that is causing other problems as well. And we need to support digestion and the liver, which is the hardest working organ. But if the liver is not Getting things out of the body, where is it going? It's recycling. So you're finding that women pre-peri post-menopause are now starting to, to look at their bodies, hate what they see in the mirror, and not sure what to do about it. But weight is coming on, brain fog is happening, joint pain is happening, moody, I mean, all the sleeplessness, all of this, I believe, if you're not fueling your body correctly or moving your body every day you are doing a, a, dis, a, a disservice to yourself. One of the things I notice consistently, not 100% by any means, but consistently, is for women in late 50s, 60s, 70s, suddenly get um, a belly that they never had before. And what, it, what is, is, that, is that more than just gravity? Yes, it's it's stress, it's cortisol. So, you know, we our bodies are really set up to deal with short bursts of stress. And if we go back hundreds of years, you know, hunter-gatherers, we were running, lions chasing, you run, it's short period. The, the, the kills happen, the food is now being cooked, and the body can go back to normal. We live a life today that is... 24-7, 365 days of the year, stress, whether it's on the freeway, whether it's your neighbor or somebody's making a noise, that stress, if you don't actually calm it down, first of all, you don't digest your food if you don't come out of the fight or flight into rest and digest. So if you're not digesting your food, 
Where is it going? It's, and you haven't supported your liver. Where is it going? It is recycling. And it tends to settle in the middle. But we also activate our adrenal glands because there is the stress support. And if we're not managing that, I call uh, cortisol the fat hormone because that's exactly what's doing. And it is, becomes this rubber tube around our middle. And I think women wake up too late to like now come to me 10 years after they've carried this weight because now they want to get rid of it. And it becomes really difficult because we've got to support the body, deal with the stress. The other thing that happens that if you eat a food that you are intolerant to or perhaps sensitive, you're doing exactly the same thing stress-wise. Internally, you are kicking in that cortisol production. We are not even aware of it. So you're getting it from the outside and you're getting it from the inside. We don't have a chance. And nobody's talking about that, not even your doctor. I find too many women come to me with all these questions because their doctor said they're fine and they got a prescription for an anti-anxiety or a, depre a depression, uh, you know, uh, antidepressive and, a, and a, a, a lab request in a month and come back and see me. Well, we, we haven't solved the problem. We're band-aiding and we're not getting to the root of things. So I don't think women are actually educated enough to know how to combat that. But yes, oh, that's... Yeah, so for women who, um, yeah, so it's 10 plus years into the the belly, the tire around the... the is it too late for them to do anything about that? No, no. I, I have to say I work with... I work, most of my clients, I would say late 60s, 70s, 80s. My oldest client is 93. Um, so the older we get, the slower the body works. So the, the longevity of it takes time. Um, but I'm working with women in their mid-70s. We're building muscle. The more muscle we build, the more fat we burn. We are looking at, I'm looking at diet with them. So sugar, sugar is poison. We have to get off of it. Um, there's certain foods we shouldn't be eating, gluten, dairy. Um, look, it, it, and it's a personal choice. I'm not saying that for everybody, but certainly if you're trying to get healthy, those foods are going to cause problems for you. Um, my program really is I like to always start with a, a remove of inflammatory foods because then we can start to reintroduce foods and you will actually get to see where you're intolerant. I don't tell anybody not to. So many people come say, don't take away my wine. I'm not taking away anything. But I want people to understand that maybe red wine gives you a headache. Maybe white wine is fine. Now, if you're drinking a bottle at night, we have to have a conversation for sure. But, um, you know, cheese may make you feel inflamed. So that is a food that's causing cortisol production internally. Um, and I believe that when somebody eats that item of food five or six times and has that feeling, eventually, hopefully, their smarts wake up and they say, why the hell am I doing that? If I can eat that and feel fabulous, good, healthy, good in my skin, I look in the mirror, I like what I see, I can play with my grandchildren, I can get up and down off the floor, uh, my big thing is on an aeroplane and somebody's trying to put their suitcase in the overhead and they can't because they're not strong enough and they're standing on the chair with the suitcase on their head trying to you, trying to get it up. Nobody stands up and says, can I help you? 
you're on your own. So to me, it's really important that you're healthy, you're strong, you have the stamina to live that life. We all wait for these, these golden years to do the things we couldn't because we were working and there was families. And suddenly here we've not taken care of ourselves. And here we are. So we do sit on the sidelines. And I also think society sets us up. We're told we can't do that after 55. No, you shouldn't be doing that. On whose rules are those? So my motto is I want to break all the rules of aging because I think we need to just do that to society because there's so much more to us. We need to get, and we need a movement. We need to we need to help each other and have each other's back. I always say, excuse my language, nobody gives a shit about you, not even your doctor. So if you don't ask the right questions and lots of questions and get the answers that you're looking for, you have to be your own detective, really. Um, I may not be the right coach or person for you. There is help out there. And I think that women need to know that. Um, too many of us get caught up in the Apple white coat syndrome. Doctors are everything. And whatever he says or she says is golden. And I don't believe that to be true. Let's just take a look at how much medication we are on. Um, you know, we we are the one of the largest population, I think 7% of, of the world population is American. And we consume 50% of the world's medication. So let's take a look. It's, it's a quick fix. Um, and people are left on statins for 30 years. Nobody asks the question, what is it doing? Should I change the medication? Is there a healthier way to do that? Can I start with the healthy side? And if it doesn't work, then let's go to synthetics. But what is the synthetic doing in, in your body? And that's why I say food and pharmaceuticals have a hand in each other's pockets. And I know that in the 70s, there was a decision made in the medical world to let home remedies and, you know, our grandmother's um, potions and, and, and concoctions that we were given as children were taboo and pushed out. And we took a, a model of prescription medications and surgery. And here we are. So we're never actually really healing anybody. So we're giving the medication. And then we're headed to, to the surgery or we're eating this crappy food with all the, the bad things in it. And then we end up in the doctor's office and nobody's asking a question. So I apologize. I, I get on my bandwagon because it's like, if I could just teach people just to read a label, just to read a label. And if you cannot pronounce the items on the ingredients, and I'm not talking about calories and uh, protein and carbohydrate, because that's where most people look because they think that's those macros are what's important. Read the little writing of what's in it. No more than five ingredients. You should be able to pronounce every one. And they should all be from some whole food. So even a can of black beans is black beans, it's water, it's salt. There you are. I think a lot of it's also sugar. Some. So sugar is hidden, has hidden names, and it's in everything. So, you know, we went through this no-fat world in the 50s. Um, don't eat fat. Uh, no butter. And then, okay, have butter. No no, no margarine. Oh, no, no, you can have margarine. Don't eat the yolk of the egg. No, no, you can. So we have so many mixed messages. 
low fat, 2%, low fat, something has to go in that place. So what are they putting in? And generally it's sugar. Oh, so what are, when you talk about inflammatory foods, generally speaking, and I know different things um, affect different people differently, but generally speaking, is that dairy and gluten? So for me, it's, for me, sugar is number one. Right. Um, if, if, if somebody can't do, need to get off the sugar, it's poison. There, um, look, and fruit is sugar with fiber. So we, we have to be really careful what kinds, how much fruit and, and which fruits, where is it on the glycemic index? So some fruits really high I will take out. Um, so uh, sugar, gluten, and it's not necessarily the actual seed of the wheat. It's the, it's the casing that people have, are intolerant to. Um, dairy, I don't think we should be eating another, drinking another animal's milk that's being pumped with hormones. We have our own hormones. Now we're putting another set of hormones into our body. So I think that all has to, to come out. Um, and then certain foods. So, you know, your breakfast should be buckwheat cereal, rice cereal. Oatmeal is inflammatory. So I know it's it's a healthy food, don't get me wrong, but if we're really getting to the gut issue, uh, oatmeal needs to come out for a while. And then let's introduce it and see how you do. Does it blow you up? Does it give you a headache? Because there are the telltale signs. Um, yeah, uh, brown rice. Uh, there, there are lots of foods that are non-inflammatory. Autoimmune, you shouldn't be doing nightshades. That's tomatoes and zucchini and peppers. So they have something called um, lectin in it, and it's um, a type of protein that stretches through the gut. And most of us, or some, start with leaky gut syndrome. So it's starting to seep back into the body, the toxins. And and so we start, we send out white blood cells because we want to protect the body and we're actually eating ourselves. So the, it, it's all connected um, and all preventable. So that's really where I like to start. The other thing is, is water. We do not drink sufficient water um, and good water. Our water here, I mean, I'm in California. I think you are too. Our water is dirty. Um, we, we're seeing antibiotics. We're seeing contraceptives. We're seeing it's not filtered 100%. So we have to be really cognizant of what water we're drinking but we should be drinking half our body weight in water in, uh, in ounces. Uh, and most of us walk around dehydrated, headaches, gut, gut pain, sore joints, not sleeping. This is all indicative of not drinking enough water. And I'm not saying serum gut go from a 24 ounce to three liters in a day. And people think I do. No, you need to do this really slowly. The body has to learn to absorb it. And if you feel like you're going to the bathroom all the time, take a pinch of salt into your water and it will act as an electrolyte and electrolyte and help the body do some absorption for you. Um, so, and everybody said, don't drink water because I have to go to the bathroom. Well, I think the whole world has to go to the bathroom if we drink water. So what if we just, we're okay with it because it makes us healthier. Ingrid, how did you get started in all this? What was what was your entry into it? 
So my weight issue really started as a young teenager. I lost my mother at the age of 12. And I think that began that emotional eating. But I was mid-20s when I came to America. And Houston was my port of entry. And I'd never seen a drive through before. And when somebody was showing me the city, I'm like, what is that? And they explained to me, it was like a drive through I could go in my car and I could eat, drink. It was even an alcohol barn that you could get booze. And so for a year, Sarah, I went through every drive through I could find and had a damn ball about it. And I don't think you really realize, you know, sometimes we see somebody overweight and you think, don't they see themselves? You don't until you do. Uh, suddenly the clothes don't fit or the joints start to hurt or you catch a reflection of yourself in the mirror. And uh, my top weight went to 203 pounds. And my doctor in South Africa, I went to visit my dad, said, watch out, you'll be 300 pounds the rest of your life. And I, it shocked me. Came back to the States and I looked for that person to take the whole of me and teach me. So I'd never walked into a gym. And that's my big message because people say to me, I've never worked out or I was never an athlete. Can I do this? Neither was I. So I wanted someone to show me the gym, to show me how to eat. What were the pieces and components of health? And it's not just going to the gym to work out. So I started to do the research on my own because I didn't find that one person. And slowly over the years, have put together a program that A, worked for me, took me three years to lose 70 pounds. And I use it with my clients as well. I think the most important is that I do something that's collaborative. Not everybody has the same body or the same needs. And I like to sit with clients to find out where you are, where you feel the problem is, the lack, the, the shortfall, and start there. Because if it doesn't fit into your lifestyle, you're not going to do it. So if I say to someone, go run, and they're not a runner, not going to happen. So that slow process really taught me. Then came COVID. And I sat in my house and trained people online and could do it for everybody else. I couldn't do it for myself. And just, I thought it was about isolation. And suddenly the weight got, was coming right back. And someone said to me, have you had your blood tested? I said, yes. My doctor says, I'm fine. They said, please do me a favor and go and retest. And I did it with a health clinic. And I was shocked at the difference in the reading from my doctor to the health clinic, because we they narrowed the margin so that I would feel fabulous. We we as women start stop producing as much hormones from the age of 29, 30. So by the time we get to 55, 60, we are not producing hormones. So we can do we can balance what we have with food. Uh, I chose to do bioidenticals, which is a plant-based. I never, I never recommend until I've tried something. And so I started bioidentical hormones and my whole world shifted around because suddenly, as I call the hormone buckets were starting to fill up and I started to feel really good. Energy came back, was sleeping better, weight came off. Um, so, and I don't, I mean, everybody needs to advocate for themselves, but I like to offer the choices of what is out there and available and to educate the difference between the synthetic which is where all the tests and the cancer conversation happens and the bioidentical, which is plant-based, which the body can recognize. 
So now you have all the choices. So for me, it was the American diet said, boom, there you are. You know, here's 70 pounds for you. Um, And I wasn't willing to accept it. And I think that has been part of the process. Now, I will tell you, I love to eat. I love to go out and have a cocktail. So I believe life is for the living. And I don't believe in deprivation. And you shouldn't and you can't. But if we can be healthy, it does allow us to enjoy the things we want to enjoy. We don't wait for Monday. We don't wait for the new year. We just pick it right back up after that meal, after that weekend, and get back right onto the bandwagon. Um, and, and you can really stay healthy that way. Look, there's no guarantees in life, right? So I can be as healthy as, as get out and uh, yeah. God knows what tomorrow brings. But yeah. I would rather have the eight hours if I'm the best eight hours or eight months, the best eight months. Um, you know, we're born with a lifespan, zero, let's say, to 90. And our health span is generally zero to 70. My question always is what happens between 70 and 90? And wouldn't it be fabulous if we could extend that health span to meet the lifespan, that we live life with fabulousness, if you will, until it's our time. Well, and and we know that that can happen because there are cultures where it happens. And so it is possible. So Ingrid, tell us how your approach is different because there are nutritionists, there are health coaches, there are people around. So how do you differentiate yourself? Well, I, I, I do think I'm I'm unique in what I offer because I don't I don't separate people and say, well, you're over this or you're too old for that. Um, and as I said, I like to sit with my client, what is their goal? Um I, and I think a lot of a lot of trainers come to a client and we want we we give to you what we think you should have. I like to sit down with you and find out what you think you should have. Where are you lacking? Um, Are you struggling with food prep? Is your kitchen pantry upside down? Um, Do you feel that you're getting no movement or all you're doing is walking to the grocery store? So how do we implement movement into your day? And that could be 10-minute increments throughout the day that keeps you moving. I think everybody should lift a weight. I think 20 minutes is, is perfectly fine. Uh, we need to keep, I say weights keep, give us our structure and food gives us our shape. So then we look at the food. Um, and so I, I, we link arms and we move forward every step of the way. I train them. We talk about where they're at. So I also start with mindset. So, and I always give this example. We watched The Biggest Loser on television. And these are people that lost hundreds of pounds. It was fabulous. Everybody enjoyed it. You go back and look at them. Most of them have put on that weight plus. Why? People who win the lottery are broke in six years. Why? And I truly believe it's a mindset problem. If we don't raise that belief ceiling, we will hit it and head back to exactly where we started, if not further back. So that's generally where I start with. What does your future person look like? Where are you moving? We need to make decisions from that place, not this place. Most of us tend to look behind and talk about the past. 
what did or didn't work, something we can do about that, but we can do it differently going forward. So now we have a vision of where we're going and what it should look like. So in those troubled moments or those difficult times, or I really don't feel like doing it, let's look at where we're going and something is better than nothing. I like to hold people accountable. I do expect results, but I want to have fun and laughter along the way. Oh, I think if something's not fun, why do it? I mean, really? Uh, exactly. We have exactly. To, we all have to do some things that aren't fun, but if you've got a choice, then. So, Ingrid, we're not, we don't have much time left. So tell me, your audience, the audience, I'm sure, has been just riveted to what you've been saying. But if you have to pick out five takeaways, what, what are the five things you would most want those listening to know and to remember? Drink water. Start your day with an eight-ounce glass, a glass of water, and be 30 minutes before each meal, have a glass of water. You are 24 ounces ahead of yesterday. So that's a really good start. I think that if you are not moving and you're a sedentary person, take three hours of your afternoon, take the last 10 minutes of each hour and move. So whether it's you're doing baby squats when you're loading your dishwasher, or you're standing on one leg when you're brushing your teeth so you can bring back the balance, uh, I think that that is key. Read labels. Really become cognizant of what you're putting into your body. Shop on the outskirts of a grocery store. Once you hit the aisles, you're going into processed foods. Get rid of processed, get rid of refined, and eat foods like God made them. Um and I think everybody should lift weights. And I'm not talking about going to a gym to lift heavy, but two, three, five pounds. I think it's important to build bones, to build the thickness, to keep your muscles strong so that you're able to do the things you want to do. And live your life and have fun along the way. And if you're eating something that everybody says it's not allowed or you shouldn't or it's too creamy, I say stop, take a big breath. Enjoy every bite, bring in all your senses. Your body can handle that, that meal, and then you get back to eating healthfully, making good choices. I think I gave you five. <laughs> One of the things I found that has made a difference for me is um, I got a, a sit-down, stand-up desk. So I can spend a certain amount of time standing and a certain right. amount of time sitting because I can't do either for the whole day. Right. Um, and so I love it. And they have them now that aren't all that expensive. They used to be horrifically expensive. But um, I got mine at Ikea and it was not that expensive and it works perfectly. No, and I think it's a, it's brilliant because you do need to stand. Listen, sitting today is the new smoking. Yeah. And, and we're, we're, we're like sedentary. And then we're eating a little bit of sugar and a little bit of this, and we blame it on cholesterol. So, yeah, it's like it's all so wrapped, the little things. The, and I always say the little steps count. It's the baby wins. Small hinges will swing a big door. So don't have to do everything in one day. Always pick. We pick one thing that you're going to work on. People say, what should I start with? Start with water. Mm. And let's talk in two weeks. And then let's add on to that because now that's becoming a habit. So it's how do we dim the bad habits, the old habits, and how do we highlight the new ones and re repeat them repetitively 
so that they do become your new habit. But I think it's also knowing your brain and how it works and, and what it's serving up. And a lot of it is by association and we do it automatically. We don't even think about what we're doing. So just a final question, because I think a lot of us over the years have learned you need to eat fruit, fruit and vegetables, eat a lot of fruit and vegetables. So um, what are some of the, the fruits that would be better for most of us to eat? And what are some of the ones that would not be so good for most of us to eat? Well, I would always say know your glycemic index, which is your sugar content in foods. Berries, melons are the best. Um, they're great for the constitution. It's not loaded with sugar. Um, I always say fruit should be done by three or four in the afternoon. Because if you're sitting on your couch, it is sugar. It's sugar with fiber. I'm not saying it's bad for you. But at 7 o'clock at night, you really don't need that peach because it's not like you're going, unless you're going dancing, right, um, that you would need that energy. So I think it's fruits that are low on the, the glycemic index. The summer fruits are great. Eat fruits in season. You know, we, we tend to buy things that are not in season. So where have they come from? How long have they been traveling to get to us? I think the other thing worth mentioning is that most of us don't eat enough protein. Um, so protein is key. It's instead of counting calories and macros, count your grams of protein. Make sure you're having it at each meal. There's your strength. It's your healing power for your, your uh, muscles. It keeps you full. Um, it stops cravings and, uh, we, we've not given it enough focus, I think. So that's where I would start. I always say protein and your vegetables. If you're still hungry, then let's go to the yams, the potatoes, the fruits. Um, but that should be your exercise. Your protein and your, your greens are key. And I think that every plate should be colorful and there's a place for all food groups. We come from a society that tells us don't eat this and don't eat that to our body's detriment, unfortunately. One of the things that I think that is a favorite for a lot of us are bananas. And so are, <laughs> not only are bananas. Bananas are great for season, you. But we don't eat. I don't think we raise any bananas in this country. No, we don't. So uh, <laughs> all bananas come from somewhere else. So. So I will tell you this, bananas high in potassium, so are kiwis. So it's the, the greener the, the banana, the less sugar. The more yellow, the higher the sugar content. So I'll let your listeners make that decision as to where, where that should be. But the really yellow ones make banana bread. Right. <laughs> Oh, Ingrid, this has been wonderful. It is so, it's fun and it's very educational. So I can imagine people are going to want to get in touch with you. How can they do that? Several ways. Thank you for asking. So um, I have a website, choosewellcoaching.com. Um, it's, it's being updated right now, but it is usable and there's a link to get to me. My email is Ingrid at choosewellcoaching.com. And it's with an I, not an E. So it's I-N-G-R-I-D. Um, and uh, for those that are on Facebook, um, Ingrid Sanger on Facebook, you can reach me that way. Or just pick up the phone and call me, 858-692-3262. I like to talk texting. I think 
we, we lose a certain sense of each other. So call me. You heard it, call her. And, and no pressure, just let's have a conversation. I think that's where it all starts. So thank you. That's our time today. Please join us again. You can find our Prime Spark podcast on every popular outlet. Find out more about Prime Spark at www.primesparkwomen.com. Thank you so much to my guest, Ingrid Sanger. And don't forget, you can find her lots of places, but one is choosewellcoaching.com. Choosewellcoaching.com. And Sarah, thank you very much for having me. I've had a blast with you. Oh, you're welcome. This was fun. So thank you for being with us, everybody. Spread tolerance and love. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode and would like to stay updated, you can head over to my website, primesparkwomen.com, and get my free spark guide, Seven Questions to Ignite Your Spark, to help you discover your own spark. See you in the next episode.